glad that you're here this morning. I, I, I want to talk about this idea, um, I'm working on a dream, uh, and I'm going to talk about it for the next couple of minutes, uh, Genesis chapter 37. Maybe some of you have been around church for a little bit, so you've, you've uh, heard this before, um, and so some of this will be a little bit of a, oh yeah, I remember Joseph and his story, so we're going to kind of go through some of his story. Uh, This morning, Genesis chapter 37, Joseph had a dream, and uh, this is before, uh, you know, it was so, it it was popular to say, I have a dream. This was way before that. Joseph got a dream, and God gave him a dream. And it was Genesis chapter 37, verse 10, and and it was a dream that was, uh, it was a dream that was a little bit uh, pointed. Basically, it was alluding to that Joseph was going to be this amazing ruler, and he was going to be somebody that was going to lead everyone. Well, Joseph was the youngest brother, and in and, and that time, especially being the youngest brother, I don't know, anybody the youngest sibling? Anybody one of the young? Oh, you guys are the cutest ones. And, the, and, the, and all the older ones said, no, they're not terrible. Uh, the, the youngest ones kind of get babied, all right? The, young, the youngest of the crew always kind of get a little bit more special treat. Joseph was no different. He was uh, one that was getting a lot of special treatment, and so there was already jealousy, and now he comes up with this dream, all right? And verse 10 says, this time he, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? He's like, well, you're going to lead all of us? Joseph, what what are you talking about? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his his father wondered what the dreams meant. So Joseph had this dream that was given to him by God, and, and the truth is God gives us dreams. Yeah. Come on, God gives you a dream. Yeah. Uh, each and every one of you, God has given you some kind of dream in your life. God has given, I'm, I'm talking to you right now that maybe you have forgotten that you had a dream and that you have started to think that you're just here just trying to survive. But no, that's not true. God has given you a dream. God has given you some kind of vision for your life. God has given, I'm talking to some of you who have started to sleep on the dream that God has given you. And, and God has given you a dream. You are, there is not just a, a couple people that have, have been given a dream by God. Every single person has been given a dream by God and it is up to us to make sure that we don't sleep on the dream that God has given us. But but sometimes we forget or sometimes we put it away and God has given Joseph this dream and and, and just uh, by and by, just remember also be careful of who you share the dream with. Joseph thought everybody was gonna be pumped for him, right? Joseph thought everybody was going to be like, that's awesome. So some of you are like, man, God's given me this dream, and I'm going to be this and this and this. And they're like, well, Lottie freaking out. Because some people, will, it, it, will, they're more connected to their jealousy than encouragement. 
Some people are more connected to why is it for me and why do you talk about for you? And I just wanna let you know for our church, come on, this is for our church. We are an encouraging church. So when somebody has a dream, we're like, come on, let's go do that. You wanna start a new business? God's gonna be in that. You wanna go for that promotion? God's gonna be in that. You wanna go back to school? God's gonna be in that. You wanna be a leader with some uh, people in your, uh, God's gonna be in that. You wanna start this or start that? God's going to be in. We are a church that is full of encouragement. We're not sitting back and being jealous of somebody else's good fortune. We are encouraging that because we believe that God's given everyone a dream. But that is a place that is a place that not a lot of people live. And so we're trying to make our church something that is an outlier. We're trying to have our church be something of a light in this city. We're being a church that wants to make sure that when people come in, they feel the encouragement for each and every one of us. They don't feel jealousy. They don't feel a side eye. But they hear, come on, let's go. God's going to empower that, and it's going to be something beautiful. But when you have dreams... uh, A lot of times God can give you a dream, but you don't know how it's all going to work out. God gives you a dream, but you don't know how it's all going to play out. At the beginning, it looks so good. At the beginning, it's so exciting. But then as it starts playing out, you're like, what? That's not exactly how I saw, this is what happens with, like, uh, young, there's young people, they're so excited. I remember when I was, I mean, I just can't wait to get married. And you talk to people who've been married for a long time, and they're like, it's awesome, but it's also a lot of work. And, 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 but people that are like, especially dating couple, oh, we can't wait to get married. It's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so great. Oh, man, it's going to be just the best thing ever. Yeah. And there's some times where it's really hard. All the, all the people married say, mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. It's, it's great, but also it's, you got to really work it. See, but you, it's hard to make a romantic comedy out of a lot of work. You know what I'm talking about? So let's just make it about something like, all we do is fight about what movie to watch. (laughs) Right? You know, like, let's make it about that, not about, but, but this is the thing. These are why dreams get forgotten because we think that if it's a dream, then it's only going to be easy. But then when it starts getting hard, well, that's just probably not a dream that God gave me. And so we put it away and we have dreams. We're like, oh man, I just, I can't wait. I cannot wait to start my own business. We'll talk to business owners. And they're like, yeah, it's great, but you don't get sick days when you own it. You don't get sick days when you, 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 you're just on it. So it might look like, oh, this is so beautiful. This is what I get to do. But then you, you realize real quickly that maybe the dream was a little different than what I thought about. This is the same thing. Oh, man, we can't wait to own our own home. My, my wife and I, we just, uh, we, um, we just moved, and so we, um, we bought a foreclosure, and we were so excited about, um, you know, working it from the ground up, and okay, it's, it's, it's a mess right now, but come on, you know, like, Jess is really good at that. She's looking at seeing a mess and making it beautiful. That's why she married me, so she's <laughs> still work of progress, and uh, so we're working on this house, and, and man, we're so excited, and this is so great, and, and, and it's a lot of work, but that's okay, and then all of a sudden, uh, we got a leak in our slab. 
where, where if you don't know what that is, they're just a bunch of water that's filling below the surface where you got to drill in town to the concrete, down to the lowest part. I mean, you, we had holes in our house. You know, this is not a good look for a house when you have holes in your house. And so we're, you know what, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You're just feeling like, man, this is just the worst thing. There's an old movie way back in the 80s called Money Pit. And I literally thought I was Tom Hanks at that moment. If you've never seen that movie, watch it and, and be thankful that you don't have that kind of house. And so we're just drilling through and going through all this stuff. And we finally get it fixed. And I'm like, thank God. And then our plumber comes to me and, and, and he says, he knew I was a pastor. He's like, pastor. Pastor, we have another leak in the slab. I literally thought, you're kidding. I put my head down. I, I was so frustrated and so like, I, I don't know what to do. And God, where are you? And I know it's just water and a leak in the slab. But you know, sometimes in life where you feel like, I don't think I can take another thing. You know, so I'm sitting there with my head like this. I'm just, oh, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, I see my plumber's hand stick in front of me with a beer in his hand. And he goes, here you go, pastor. It's a bad day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I didn't drink it because I don't like beer, but I, I thought, oh, this is how bad I look. That the plumber's like, just take a beer, man. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, it was... It was that, that bad. We're still trying to get him to come to church, and he's just going to come. In. He's going to come sometime. He's going to come. I promise he's going to come with his whole family. They're beautiful, but he's going to come and say, yeah, that's the pastor I had a beer with. He's awesome. I, I, I was so just, I, I thought I had, a, my wife and I, we thought we had God's dream, but then it's this thing, and this is the same thing that was happening with Joseph, you're, you're living your dream. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to live my dream. And then all of a sudden, what happens? His brothers sell, sell him into slavery. Say, we're not going to be working for you, Joseph. His brothers sell him into slavery. That's some deep hurt from family. That's, that's hurt. And so... What happens is you start thinking that you're working, you're, you're working on a dream, but then the dream starts working you. And, and you feel like this dream is working me. I, I'm getting worked by this dream, and I don't know if I can take this anymore. His brothers sell him into slavery. So now he's in a new country with a new uh, language that he doesn't know. He is a slave, and then he gets sold to this guy, and he starts raising up the ranks in this guy's house, and, and, and all of a sudden becomes the, the top person besides the guy who owns all of this house and all of these uh, different people that work for him. Joseph is number two, and everything is going good again in his life, and then his, uh, the guy's wife accuses Joseph of sexual assault. And says, uh, Joseph tried to do this to me. Now, the real story is Joseph, she tried to come on to Joseph, and Joseph said, no, 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 and ran. But that wasn't the story that was told, and now Joseph gets thrown into prison, falsely accused. 
betrayed by family, betrayed by the person that he's working for. And can I tell you, when you're working on your dream, you've got to work out how you're going to go through betrayal. Because there's always going to be something that's going to feel like betrayal in your life. There's always going to be somebody who's going to say something behind your back. There's going to be somebody that's going to hurt you. There's going to be somebody that's going to do something that's going to kind of derail what you feel like God has for you. Come on. It is important to realize how you can handle betrayal. Are you going to uh, live on betrayal or are you going to forgive? Are you going to live on somebody who stabbed you in the back or are you going to let that thing go? Are you going to live on hurt and offense and you're going to be like and build this big uh, mausoleum to all the people who ever hurt you before and still and try to work on your dream saying you just want to get back at them or are you going to let all those things go you're going to forgive you're going to live your life open again because I'm telling you it is so important for you how you deal with betrayal and how you're able to look over an offense that's what love does when it looks over an offense it looks over it it doesn't build a life on it, it looks over the offense and says, I'm not going to build my life on that kind of offense. And, and I want to let you know that this is, a, this is a moment for all of us. In Genesis chapter 40, now if you read this, you, you, you start thinking that, that with, um, with Joseph, that people were his, was his problem, Right? Come on, right? Family, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. People are my problem. If we didn't have people, I'd have a pretty good life. That's how Joseph, you think that's how he think. No, no, no. No, people are not his problem. People are actually his answer. But you don't see that unless you can deal with betrayal in the right way. Uh, Genesis chapter 40 Verse 5, look at this. While they were in prison, so he's in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they were look, both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. But they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph said. Go ahead, and tell me your dreams. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because if Joseph had built his life, has built his life on offense, he would have closed his life off to people. But because he didn't, he opened his life up to people again. And it, because of that, this is going to set a chain reaction to actually bring about the most beautiful thing in Joseph's story. But because he was open to people again, he actually saw this. Because people are not your problem, they're your answer. And so you need to make sure, and I need to make sure, that we're not closing ourselves off to people and we're opening ourselves up again and again and again. But you don't know how many people have hurt me. You don't know how many people have not told me the truth. You don't 
know how many people have stabbed me in the back. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how many people have pushed you away. It doesn't matter how many people have hurt you. It doesn't matter how many people have said, no, I don't need to hear from you. Uh, they always, always open yourself up again and again to people because God uses people in your life to bring about beautiful things, but you'll miss a miracle if you keep shelling yourself away from who God says to get in, in, in relationship with. Because you're so hurt because, oh, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to get in that connect group again. I'm not going to serve again. I'm just going to come to church and sit in a seat. I'm not going to open my life up again. I'm not going to be in ministry again. I'm not going to talk about my calling again. I'm not going to reach out into people's life again. You know what? I'm just going to have a really nice little family, and I'm just going to lead that little thing and try to keep everything else away from all the other hurt that I've experienced, and you don't know that the dream is still out there, and if you open up your life again God will bring that dream to pass I'm so thankful Joseph didn't stop after he got hurt and hurt and hurt some of us need to trust again some of us need to be open up to people again some of us need to jump into a connect group again some of us need to jump into serving again some of us need to open up our life to what God is doing with other people in our life well what if they hurt me again I'm sorry there is no uh, there's no things that say that you won't get hurt again but your ability to move past an offense will always serve you well. I'm trying to work on that muscle myself where I have an ability to move past an offense instead of build a better defense. And there are two types of people. One person who's good at building a defensive wall and somebody who's really good at getting over an offense. And I'm trying to be the person that's good at getting over an offense and being open again. And, 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 and trusting again and loving again. I'm not saying that you might not get hurt. I'm just saying God's answer is on the other side of you being open. And that's what was happening with Joseph at this moment. And then look, look at this. Uh, at the very end of this, he, he, he gives them all their ideas. I'm not going to uh, spend time reading on all of this. He spends, uh, he, he gives them answers to their dreams. And he says, hey, when you get in front of Pharaoh, can you remember to tell him that I was wrongly imprisoned? And maybe I can get some help, right? Presidential pardon, you know, like, come on, get, I didn't do anything, get me out. And it was two years. They left and forgot about Joseph. And it was two years before they said anything about it. Some of us aren't working on a dream, we're waiting for a dream. And some of you have been waiting for a long time. You've planted some seeds and they haven't come to fruition yet. And you're in the spot where you think, well, maybe the dream isn't coming. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Just because you're waiting. Come on, church. Just because you're waiting doesn't mean it's not happening. Because some seeds take longer to mature, right? A flower grows up quick, and it looks beautiful. But it takes a longer time for a tree to grow than a flower. And a, and a, and a flower looks pretty, but a tree you can actually build something on. And a flower looks pretty, but you can rip it up pretty easily. But a tree takes a lot of work. 
So some of you who are waiting, and you've planted some seeds with your kids and you're waiting, keep waiting and keep believing. You've planted some seeds financially and you're waiting, keep waiting and believing. You've planted some seeds in your marriage and you're waiting. Keep waiting and believing. I'm telling you, there that dream is working, but it might be working underneath the surface. At this moment, Joseph didn't know, but and it was taking two years. But what, what what's gonna and then finally the cupbearer remembered, oh man, the Pharaoh had a dream. And he's like, nobody can interpret it. And the cupbearer was like, oh, I remember this guy in jail that helped us. I'm talking about working on a dream. He said, I I remember this guy in jail and he helped us. Let's get back to him. Let's see if I can reach back and, and, and talk to him. Now it says that they remembered him, but I actually believe that God always remembered him. That God saw Joseph. And then, so they came, they came with Joseph said, Joseph, come, you, you interpreted our dreams really well. Can you interpret the Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh's dream? And at that moment, if I was Joseph, I would have gone off. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, now you need my help? Two years in this jail, I help you. You don't remember me at all. Oh, now you're coming and needing Joseph. No, 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 get get the step in, get out of here. I'm not gonna talk to you at all. You better get back from where you came from, coming back here two years after you've forgotten. Aren't you glad I'm not Joseph? (laughs) Have you ever felt that before? Where you felt like somebody only comes to you when they need something? Have you ever felt like, man, I've been forgotten and now you're going to come and talk to me? And that, no, 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 no. Listen, that's just showing that you're still holding grudges and that you still haven't been able to work through offense. But Joseph didn't talk like that. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Man, we're going through Joseph's life quick. I'm hopefully you're. Uh, you're going with me. First, 40, 41, uh, chapter 41, verse 14. Pharaoh sent for Joseph once, quickly brought, uh, and he was quickly brought from the prison. And after he shaved, claimed, changed his clothes, he went in, stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night. And no one here can tell me what it means. But I've heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Again, if I was Joseph, I'd be like, you're right. I'm the man. What you gonna do for me? Right? Because you always wanna get your thing before you give up, you know, the thing. Like this is his leverage moment. But look what he says. It is beyond my power to do this. Joseph basically said it's not me. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. It's not me, but God can tell you what it is and set you at ease. Okay, listen, here here it is. If you want to know the secret of seeing your dream come to pass, if you're taking notes, this is, if you forget everything else that I talked about this morning, get this piece right here. If you want to know the secret of seeing a dream come to pass is don't protect what you need, give what you need. Don't protect what you need, give what you need. 
Who's going to work on my dream? That's how, that's how we would think Joseph would say. You, you want me to interpret and help you with your dream? No, no. Who's going to work on my dream? Because I had a dream a long time ago. And man, it's not gone the way I thought it was going to be. But who's going to work on my dream? Who's going to help me with my stuff? Who's going to help me with my life? Who's going to... Uh, no, you want me to give and you want me to help you? But I'm in jail right now. I, I've been sold to slavery. And you're asking me to help you with your dream? You're the Pharaoh. You've got all this power. You've got everything that you don't deserve anything else why do you ever need me to help because this is how the kingdom works when you give what you need God steps in the middle of what you're doing and shows up with a miracle Joseph this is your moment this is when you can work on a dream you step and you give what you need you give what you need you don't protect what you need and sit back and say, no, 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 I'm going to get mine and I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to take care of everything else. And when I finally get all that together, then I'll serve. Then I'll give. Then I'm going to do that. This is how we see God take over. Can I remind all of us, this is just not what Joseph did, but this is how God did it all over Scripture. Elijah came to a woman who had no food during a famine and said, make me some first. Because he was trying to teach her that if you give out of your need, God always will exceed if you give out of your need, God will always bring a miracle. It wasn't just that story, but it was another story where they were trying to feed over 5,000 men, women, and children, and somebody brought a little lunch with some loaves and fish, and Jesus used it to bring a miracle. Why? Because he gave what he needed. He gave what he needed. This was a moment that he wanted to see that God is trying to teach us over and over. Joseph, when he desperately needed somebody to work on his own dream, he worked on somebody else's dream. And he got down and said, I'll help you get to, no, 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 everybody else is saying he's got everything. He's a Pharaoh. He doesn't need your help, Joseph. You don't have anything. Don't give away that last piece. But Joseph knew if you give away what you need, God will come into the middle of that and God will show you exactly what it means to live in a miracle. This is the moment. If you need community, give community. If you need some help, give some help. If you need somebody, if you feel like, man, I am just empty, find somebody who is emptier than you and give to them and help them. Come on, church. This is what makes a church move and not sit in the seat. This is what makes a church that is someone that's excited about seeing God do a miracle and not just sitting here and thinking, can you make my life any better? This is not a health, self-help seminar. This is not a moment where I can sit back and just say, do these 10 things and this will make your life better. This is a moment where you give that you give everything that you have, the last bit, the last thing, the last thought that you think I can't give anymore. It's in that moment that God shows up. It's in that moment that God gives a miracle. Give what? You need. And this is why Jesus, when he was sitting at the temple watching everybody give offerings in Luke 21, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a, then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. 
I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. Why? For they have given a teeny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Come on, let's stand to our feet this moment. And not out of just like a churchy moment, but standing to your feet in this moment saying, God, do a work in me. Because we've all got that peace that we hold apart. Come on, you need peace? Give peace away. You need purpose? Give some purpose to somebody else. Some of you are looking for a financial breakthrough. Man, give your finances away. Some of you are looking, man, if I just have more time, guess what you need to give? Give more time. Can I tell you this, this message is not some, a lot of times people are not like, oh, that's so awesome, that's so great, that's so wonderful, because you know why? It hits at the very core of our culture, and the idol of our culture is, I'll take care of me first, and then I'll help everybody else. And I, can I just tell you, that's an idol, and it's something that everybody else is trying to worship, but I'm telling you, it does not give you what you need. At this moment when you come up to God and you say, God, I'm going to give you everything. And Joseph at this moment could have sat back and said, no, 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 you got everything. I got nothing. I'm not going to talk to you about your dream. In that moment, he said, oh, this is not about me. Let me help you in this moment. And at that moment, God showed up. Look at this. Genesis chapter 41. And we'll go to verse 37. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find, come on, look at this, somebody who gave everything. Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Not filled with himself, but filled with the spirit of God. Not filled with his own hurt, but the spirit of God. Not filled with his own pride and his own importance, but filled with the spirit of God. Since then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, of all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Why did that happen? Because somebody stood up and said, I'll give out of my need and not about protecting my need. I'll give what I need. God is talking to you and he's talking to me. Ben, give what you need. Give what you need, Ben. He's talking to you right now. Give what you need. Don't protect it. Because if you work on somebody else's dream, guess who works on yours? God. If you work on somebody else's dream, God works on yours. 
Come on, in this room, if you just close your eyes and, and bow your head at this moment. Father, I'm praying for every single person in this room. God, if they don't have a relationship with you, this is their moment. If they've never took it, taken the time to realize that they're empty without you. They have no hope without you. That God, there's nothing without you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they would fill their life with you and make that decision. And just in this moment, if you're watching online right now, or you're here in the room right now, I want you to put your hand over your heart. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you've never made that decision to make Jesus first in your life, this is your moment. This is, this is not about joining a church, but this is about opening your life to the Savior of the world and having him change your life from the inside out. Yeah, with your hand over your heart, here in the room and online right now, I, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Come on, church. Let's say it together. Let everyone hear you. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, all my mistakes, and give me the grace to follow you with all, come on, with all of my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, come on, amen. 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 Come on, let's lift up a shout and worship in this place. Come on, let's lift up our hands up to God all over this place.